Hello and welcome to the Garden Church Podcast. My name's Darren and I'm here with Faith. Hi. Pastor Faith. And we will get to the sermon in just a little bit, but we wanted to make some time and space to talk about something special that we've been having on Sundays. And it's a new song that Pastor Faith, you and your husband, Josh, wrote, and we've shared it with our community. Tell us a little bit about it. What's the name of it? Yeah. And where did it come from? Yeah, so it's called We Need You. Um, and I, I'm going to root this in 1 Corinthians 2 when Paul says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Um, the, the first thing that was written for this song was the beginning of that bridge section that says, We don't need better plans. We don't need clever thoughts. We need your Spirit, O oh God. We don't want the wisdom of man. We want we want a display of God's power, which is really what the world needs. They don't need to see a show, or even in the area of worship, they don't need to hear good music. We need to see a display of the power of God. So it came from that heart cry. And then the beginning of the song kind of sets up this space where we invite Holy Spirit, we open our hearts, we clear out all the distractions, the things that get in the way and then just simply cry out for more of Him. And it's this this longing to be a, a space where the Spirit would rest mm-hmm. as a community. Yeah, I love that. That's such a the heart and core value of Garden Church. Exactly. Knowing that the Spirit is present, like He's welcome to the party and we get to celebrate. And I so appreciate the beauty and creativity that you've been cultivating, not only with worship, but just something that we can invite the rest of our community into. And, and it's so cool when, when uh, in the recording of this song, it's the first time that we shared it. And it's like people have been singing it for weeks. <laughs> and it was just such a cool thing to experience. And so we're so happy for those of you that have experienced that with us on a Sunday morning. And we want to see just more original songs being birthed from this place um, that you're talking about, just being saturated in the Holy Spirit. So we are welcoming you to stick around after the sermon where you can hear a live recording of the song, We Need You, and I hope it blesses your heart. Church Podcast. The following message was previously recorded at the Garden Church in downtown Long Beach, California. Every year, right before Easter, the church um, during the calendar stops on this Friday, right before Easter, to remember what happened on the cross. And which bears the question like, why is today so good? Because what happened on the cross, kind of the Medieval equivalent to a um, a uh, electric chair. We gather as a church and we celebrate it. Oh, you can also sit down. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Not used to that either. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the cross is a med- the medieval exa- like uh, equivalent to an electric chair. And so, like, why do we as Christians gather and we celebrate this torture device? It's not because, at least I don't think it's because we love violence and we love seeing an innocent man being put to death. But there's something beyond the cross that is the foundation of our faith as Christians. Because without the cross, we, we, have nothing, we have no leg to stand on. So there's something beyond this that really gives this 
image, this symbol, life. And that's where I want to walk us through today. This is known as the gospel. This, the gospel is the foundation for the Christian faith. The gospel is what the cross gives power to. And that is what I want to walk us through today. And this starts in the beginning. We cannot know where we're going unless we know where we came from. And so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In Genesis, there's this beautiful creation poem where God creates the, the, the stars, the earth, the water, and every day he says, it is good, it is good, it is good. But something beautiful happens on the sixth day when he creates humanity. At the end of that day, he says, it is very good. So this causes us to, to pause and say, what happened on this day that makes God say, it is very good? Well, right before he creates humanity, he says, let us, I'm gonna create, let us create mankind in our image. So humanity intrinsically has the image of God. And what does that really mean? It means that God created humanity to reflect who he is. When you look at your brother or neighbor or your brother or sister or your neighbor or your stranger, they all have the image of God. Their sole purpose was to reflect who God was. But also God created humanity because he wanted to enjoy them. The world that God created was good and the people he created was very good. And it doesn't take too long in the story when we seem to mess it up. (laughs) In chapter three of Genesis, the enemy, uh, Satan, comes in and he tries to wiggle himself into God's story. And so so, so God made humanity to be in perfect relationship with him. He made humanity to be in perfect relationship with one another and made humanity to be in perfect relationship with the world to partner with him, to create this world. But God asked one thing, be obedient to me. I created you for a purpose, be obedient to me. And the enemy comes in and he says, that's all well and good, but this is a paraphrase, that's all well and good. (laughs) But how about you guys become God? How about instead of listening to God, you have the power to know what is good and what is evil. How about you take power in your hands? And I don't think, it, it, it doesn't take a rocket science to realize when humans have power, they only create destruction. So in, in Genesis 3, when we choose to reject God, after he creates this beautiful world, this great world, When the mountains stand tall, they obey him. When the rivers run, they obey him. And when he says, obey me, and we say no. So sin enters into the world. Sin is essentially just the disobedience of God, the fracturing of God's world, the disruption of peace. And so sin enters into the world and fractures the perfect relationship that we had with God, the perfect relationship that we had with each other, and the perfect relationship that we had with the world. Everything goes to the pits, and we're left to pick up the pieces. And then time and time again, humanity is striving to, to because now we have God, we think we know better, we, we create religion, we create um, cities, we create uh, these policies, and we end up messing it up over and over again, and God sends people, prophets, to point him back to, point humanity back to God. This is the way it's supposed to be. This is the way I created you to be. This is the way that you're meant to live with me. And over and over and over, humanity says, no, I think I got this. 
we, we have this, um, this tendency of amnesia that we forget that we think we can try better the next day, but it ends up becoming worse. And this happens for a few hundred of year, hundreds of years and until Jesus steps on the scene. Since sin, the disruption of peace entered into humanity through one man, it had to be atoned for, it had to be paid for, it had to be redeemed through one man, a perfect man. And as you see in the Old Testament, there was no perfect man, and so the only person that could do this was God. He puts on human flesh, and he lives amongst his people. He ends up living a perfect life, showing us what it means to be human. This is what it means to be human. This is what God intended for humanity. And not only does he show us what it means to be human, but then he also dies on the cross. He ends up dying the death that we deserve because of sin. The fractured reality of the world was the result of sin in Jesus God loves us so much that he wanted to redeem that. The beautiful thing about this is that in Genesis 3, when sin entered into the world, God made a promise and he said, I love you so much. I cannot stand to be apart from you. So I'm gonna send someone to redeem you. And that was Jesus. And he lives his perfect life, dies on the cross, and three days later, later is resurrected. He comes back from the dead. So the enemy thought that he outsmarted God by killing his Messiah. And then three days later, as um, you guys are gonna hear on Sunday, Jesus said, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I hate that joke. Um, <laughs> but, Three days later, Jesus comes back on Easter and he, and, he, and he says to death, you are no longer in charge. He tells the enemy, you are no longer in charge of this world. He tells the world that you are no longer will, going to take things into your hands. I have taken it back. And so part of this process that happened on the cross, it wasn't just so us, so that we can go to heaven one day when we die. That's fine, that's good. I'm sure it's gonna be awesome and there's gonna be in and out. But in the reality, what Jesus did on the cross, not just gave us a way to have life in the future, but have life now. That heaven came to earth in Jesus, was going around healing the sick, redeeming the poor, restoring the poor, and he's giving this opportunity for all of us to have life because this is what life looks like, that the world ends up being restored. And he gives the opportunity to us. In Mark chapter 1, 15, um, we, have the f- we have this uh, verse that says this is what the gospel is. Um, so it says 15, the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This is the good news. The good news is that Jesus came, lived the life that we were called to live, and died the death that we deserved in order to restore the relationship between us and God, in order to restore the relationship between us and each other, and restore the relationship between us and creation. It's not perfect, so we still have a long way to go, but this process has started, and the offer is open to everyone. 
And that's what the good news is, that this is not good news just for the rich. This is not good news just for the, the, the majority, but this is the good news for everyone, that everyone can have life and live with God alongside his kingdom and bring forth heaven on earth. And that's why, that's why this is so beautiful. That's why the cross is so beautiful. That's why we call this Good Friday. That's why we gather here every once a year on Friday in remembrance of that. <laughs> That's the good news. In, in a simple phrase, the gospel is this. Jesus is God with us. Come to show us God's love, save us from sin, set up God's kingdom, and shut down religion so we can share in God's life. We no longer have to try to do things our way. We can do it Jesus' way. That is the good news. Thank you for listening to the Garden Church Podcast. For more information about the Garden Church, visit thegardenlb.org.
of her thoughts. We need your spirit, oh God. 